Today's daf is daf mem We are square on top, right on top of the page. Daf mem We have a short mishnah and gemara followed by another mishnah. The first mishnah is going to discuss forty nine a again. Um, what happens when you need to get rid of your chametz on uh, erev pesach? And there are Pesach happens to be Shabbos. So that's the first discussion. We have a fascinating daf with a little bit of a gadotan, uh, uh as we get into Amud Beis as well. Very, very interesting stuff. Here we go. Arba Asr Shchadis B'Shabbos and the 14th of Nisan falls out on Shabbos. My viewers, I call Mufnei Shabbos. You got to get rid of all your chametz on Friday. Divrei Rabbi Meir, there's a pin of Rabbi Meir. Bechomer Nachom say Bismanoi that you can get rid of it in the usual zman. In the regular time, okay. Now, um, the machloka so far between Rav Meir and the Chachamim is how much chametz is permitted to be left for Shabbos itself. So Rav Meir is of the opinion because according to Rav Meir, if you think about it, if Rav Meir is saying that you got to get rid of all of it before Shabbos, what are you going to eat for your sudas on Shabbos? You're not allowed to have chametz for your Shabbos sudas. Says Rabbi Meir, you're only allowed the amount that is needed for your Shabbos meals, for two meals on Shabbos. The Chum say no. The Chum say anything you want to leave over for Shabbos is permitted to do, even though it's more than two meals. Rabbi Yezer Batzadik Gaimer, Rabbi Yezer Batzadik says, Truma Melefnei Shabbos. Truma must be gotten rid of prior to Shabbos. V'chulun Bizmanum. And Chulun. Uh, you're allowed to get rid of Bisman in the usual time, which is Shabbos itself. Okay? Now, the difference between Truma and Chulim is merely a convenience type of thing, because Truma, as we know, is very hard to get rid of. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of halachas. Truma needs to be handled differently. And therefore, Rashi explains to us that Truma needs to be gotten rid of before Shabbos, because if you're going to take Truma into Shabbos, you're going to have a big problem. You have a big problem. It's not allowed to be gotten rid of in a simple way. You're setting yourself up for failure. Chulin, all right. So there's ways to get rid of it, and therefore, Rabbi Lazar Bat is going to be lenient on Chulin. Zakh Gemara, tiny, we learned in Ebraisa. Rabbi Lazar Bat Sadiq, Rabbi Lazar Bat Sadiq says, Pamachas, one time. Shabbas, Abba, Biyavne. My father was for Shabbos in the city of Yavne. Bechol Arbas, Yes, Bishabbos. Erev Pesach. Fell out on Shabbos. Uba Zainin Memune. Shavigam Omar and the Zainin. Okay, this is from the word Mizumin, right? We're familiar with the word Mizumin when you have three men who come together for, uh, three men who come together for a Zimun. Rabaran just uh, texted me that it's gonna, we're going to talk, going to have this year, this year. The first night of Pesach falls out Matzi Shabbos. So Arab Pesach will be Shabbos itself. So we're, we're going to have to practically familiarize ourselves with what to do. But, but, but getting back to Zimun, the Mizumin means, the word Mizumin means like we're, we invited each other, we, we appointed each other to eat together. So the appointed person, Aravamil, came and told my father, Higia e Slavaris, the Chametz, the time has come to destroy the Chametz, and myself, along with my father, went, and got rid of the chametz. What is the point of this? The point of this Gemara is letting us know that taka, especially when we don't know about uh, truma right now, 
when it comes to standard matzah, you're allowed to have standard matzah in your domain on Shabbos. You just must get rid of it, obviously, before the time of beer arrives. End of that Gemara. Next Mishnah. Okay, for those just joining us, we are about 11 lines down on the Memtes Amad Aleph, 49a. We're up to the second Mishnah on the page. Here we go. And now the Mishnah is going to let us know how exactly, what is the proper method and process to get rid of the Chametz. If a person is going on Erev Pesach, the Shecht is Karbon, or he's got a Mitzvah of Brismila, or to eat um, with a marriage party uh, in the house of a father-in-law. Okay, so we're basically talking about where you, you need to be at this party. If a person is able to get back home and get rid of his chametz, so you're obligated to do that. And if let's say you're not able to do the, you don't have enough time to get back home, what's the halacha? You do bittel, you do nullification. Right? We're familiar with this. We do bittel both by betikas chametz and in the next morning. Where we say, any chametz that's in my domain that I know about, that I don't know about, right? That's what we do uh, by the morning be- by the morning bittel. Anything I know about, anything I don't know about, should all be nullified. So what we're learning over here is the ideal thing to do is actively get rid of the chametz. But if I'm not able to actively get rid of the chametz, all I need to do is be it. I don't own this thing. It's ka'afra da'ara. It's like the dust of the land, dust of the earth. I don't get none do with me. That's also considered beer. Are you actually destroying the chametz? No. We're destroying it from your domain. I no longer own it. Let's say you're going to save people from uh, non-Jewish uh, trouble, you know, anti-Semites. Or you got to run away from a flood. There's a fire. There's a building that's falling down. Again, you don't go back in there. You don't uh, put yourself in danger. You don't go back. You're doing the right thing. So instead of doing beer, you do bittel. If a person is traveling for a shvisas rishos, you're going away, you're on vacation. Yeah, yeah. It's not convenient to go back. You're not, you're not necessarily busy with anything important. Then you should not just rely on bittel, and you should go back and be mavirit, destroy it. And similarly, and he remembers, oh my goodness, I have kudshim meat in my hand. Oh, this spells trouble. Okay? Now, the reason why this spells trouble is because you're not allowed to take it. Uh, you're not allowed to take it outside Yerushalayim. You know, there are certain things that need to be left in the Beis Hamikdash, certain things that need to be left inside Yerushalayim. And now, kudshim kalim, Rashi explains, which has to stay in Yerushalayim, is being taken out, and now you got a problem. Because now it's puzzle. Im avar tzayfim, if you passed by har tzayfim, not har, not the mountain, but a place. The, this is the town of tzayfim. Sarfim kamei, so you got to burn it exactly where you are. You don't need to go back to Yerushalayim. Rashi explains vim lav, but if uh, you have not yet passed the town of tzayfim, so you're not too far away. I'm going to tell you chayzer v'sayfer lebeis habira matzamarocha. You're going to have to go back and burn it in the main place by the Atze Ma'arach. Okay, so you see this similar 
leniency and stringency. The same way we find leniency and stringency when it comes to chabetz. Oh, if you're in a difficult situation, you don't need to actually go and destroy it. If it's easier, you do need to go back and destroy it. So too it is when a person's in this similar predicament as far as taking kachim kalim outside your slime. If you're so far away, it'll be like, okay, wherever you are, just burn it. We're not going to be matriach you. However, if a person, you know, is, it's not the biggest tirch in the world, then it is possible to go back the same way you'd have to destroy your chametz when it's optional. This is considered optional. You're really not too far out, then you should go back and burn it in the proper place. Okay. How much chametz or how much kachim kalim do you need to have to obligate you to either go back and destroy the chametz or go back and burn the kachim kalim? If you have the size of an egg of chametz in your domain and you're out on a uh, recreational trip to pick apples, you got to go back. It's not the size of an egg, size of an olive. If we're dealing with kachim kalim that you took outside Rishalayim, that's the size of a olive. The chametz bekebeya. A chum is only to go back by the size of a kibetzah if it's the size of an egg. All right, zok the gemara v'ramenu, but I'll ask you a contradiction. We have a brisa that says if you're going to a marriage party in his father-in-law's house, the chasan denat v'lish by shvizas or 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 for apple picking. You got to go back. But before we said a marriage party, you don't got to go back. The first stage of marriage, whether that's called a rishos, whether it's called a mitzvah or not, if it's optional, if it's not a mitzvah, then you'd have to go back. Our Mishnah is of the opinion that it's a mitzvah, sudas mitzvah, since sudas mitzvah, all you need to do is be mavatal of Levi, nullify it in your heart. You don't have to actually go back. Why? Isaac ben mitzvah, put them in a mitzvah. When you're involved in a mitzvah, you don't need to go back. You have an option. Just nullify it. Says the Gemara of Hashdam or Rebchista. But now that Rebchista says, Machlekes besuda Shnia, there's a Machlekes about the Suudas Shnia. Okay? Now, the Suudas Shnia, Rashi explains, is after the actual marriage party. The, the, we know there's two steps in marriage. There's the Arison and the Nasuin, right? The first step of marriage, when you're kinda, there's a kinyan, there's an acquisition, and then later on, usually it was 12 months back then, <clears throat> they'd have a sudas nesuin. Apparently, in the meantime, Rashi tells us that they would make a party in the meantime as well, like in between that time, where the chassan would come and build his love for his wife by giving her gifts. So that's where there's machlekes. As far as the actual erison, that the suudo, where the actual acquisition happens, Everybody agrees that's a mitzvah. And according to that, you can even say both prices are Rabbi Yehuda, right? And we'll say, what's going to be the difference between the price and the Mishnah? One's by the initial party, one's by the second party. But like Kasha, that there you just do nullification. If the first party is happening or in Pesach, you just nullify it in your heart because you're Isaac the mitzvah. And when do you have to go back and actually burn it? By the, the second party, right? It's not the Erison, it's not the Nesuin. That's not a mitzvah. We're proving this, okay? That the only time there's a mitzvah is by Suda Sarison, but at the party where the husband's coming back to start giving gifts and they make a party for him, that's not a Suda Smitzvah.
I actually heard that they both are, both the initial part and the second part are both mitzvahs, hence you could have a machlekes there as well. But apparently, Lamaisa, what do we see? In the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, the first suda will be a mitzvah, the second suda will be a rishus. Period. Tanya, we learned in the Bryce, Shimon Eimer Shimon says, Kol suda she'ena shal mitzvah, any party. Any party that's not a suit that's mitzvah. Ain't Tamil Chacham Rashali Hanesh Mimenu. The Tamil Chacham should not go and enjoy it. Meaning, if it's Sudas Mitzvah, Tamil Chacham should go. If it's not a Sudas Mitzvah, he should spend his time learning. Says the Gemara Kigoyin Mai. For example, what? For example, if you have a Baskoyin marrying a Yisrael, a Bas Tamil Chacham Lam Oretz, or a Bas Tamil Chacham. Okay? Now, this is talking about inappropriate. Now, apparently it's a mitzvah, but these are uh, not recommended marriages. A person has to be make sure to marry a proper shidduch, to marry somebody of proper stature. How do you know this? This is not considered a zivugan aliyah. Now, if anybody here is married to a bas kayin and you're Yisrael, don't get too nervous. Don't worry about this right now, all right? Um, my, um, I lost the place, I'm sorry. Mai, in what way is it not a good marriage? She might end up as a widow, a divorcee, or she may not have kids at all. Meaning, you're going to get married, it's a permitted marriage, but you're lowering you're, you're you're lowering yourself. We're going to explain this. To go anybody don't nobody get nervous yet. In Masnisatana, in the Mishnah we learned, in the Mishnah we learned, Kaivra, either he'll bury her first, like of our tail, she'll bury him first, or they might get poor. Now listen, most people one buries the other first, right? Most people don't die at the same time, so every marriage ends like that. They'll bury her, she'll bury him. So this is talking about earlier than they would have liked. Kind of like a clone, you know, it's not a good thing. Says the Gemara, one, what's going on? Eni. It's not true. You want to get bracha in your life? Marry a girl from a family of Gahanim. You want to get wealthy? Marry a Bas Kayin. You just said if a Kayin marries a soul, they're going to be poor. <laughs> Any soul that wants to be rich, marry a Bas Kayin. Uh, how much more so if you have uh, a, somebody who's a Tamil Chacha marrying a Baskayan? Oh, Mechadik, they can have Taira and Ashiris. Says more like Kasha, Haba Tamil Chacham, Ba'am Ha'aretz. One tongue about a Tamil Chacham, one tongue about Amaretz. Meaning that a Baskayan, a girl from a family of Kahanim, where what the Kahanim do? They were our Torah leaders. That's, what, that's how they spent their time. Why is she going out and marrying somebody who has no relation to no relationship with the Torah? Doesn't sit down and crack a book. Mamela, that's where we say it's a problem. However, for a Bas Kayan to marry a Yisrael that is learned, there's no issue with that whatsoever. Rabbi Nasiv, Kahanta Chalash, Rabbi Yeshua married a daughter of a Kayan and he got sick. Omar Lenichli Laren Vibak Vizare, the Havale Chasna Kianum. 
maybe Aaron Akayin is not happy that his uh, offspring married me. Maybe I'm not a big enough of a Talmud Chacham. Ravidi Baravin, Nosiv Kahanta. Ravidi Baravin married also the daughter of Akayin. Nafka b'nei Trey b'nei Smichi. And he had two kids who ended up getting Smicha. Rav Sheshaz b'rei de Rav Idi, Rav Yeshua b'rei de Rav Idi. And Rav Papa says, if I wouldn't have married a, uh, a daughter of a Kayan, I never would have become wealthy. If I would have married a daughter of a Kayan, I wouldn't have gone from Babel to Eretz Yisrael. They said to him, Amrulay, they said to him, you, went, you, you started out in Babel, you're ending up in Eretz Yisrael. That's a good thing, right? He says, yeah, but I, did, I didn't go apparently for the right reasons. I didn't go for the right reasons, meaning Rashi explains that most people are, uh, who leave Babel and went to Eretz Yisrael, it's because they went to grow in their Torah learning. I was forced to go there. Rashi explains that apparently there was there was anti Semites. There was you know it was because of danger that he had to flee to Eretz Yisrael. So even though it was a good thing for him to end up in Eretz Yisrael, but the way that he got there was uh, not in the way that he would have liked. And um, you know, and uh, therefore it wasn't necessarily a good thing. Now, this is very interesting. Because right here, we had four stories, four different stories. Story number one is Rabbi Yeshua saying, mm, he got sick, right? He says it wasn't a good thing. So it seems it's not good for Kahanas to marry a Yisrael. Ravidi Baravin married the daughter of a Kayan, and he had kids who got smicha. Now, depends who's reading this Gabar. Is that a bad thing? Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't seem so. We hope not, right? Is that a bad thing or a good thing? And then you have Rav Papa, who said the reason why he became wealthy was because he was like to marry the family of Gahana. Then you have Rav Gahana, who's going back to be, um, he says, if I wouldn't have married a Baskayan, I wouldn't have had to go up this way, which again, seems to be a bad thing. Okay, so apparently, the um, what you see from here is that it's uh, some of them are viewing it as punishments, and some of them are uh, viewing it as positive development. Some are of Yitzchak, call on enemies who to Anybody who has enough from Mesudas or Rishus will end up going into Golos. You eat uh, the, the fat cattle and a golem and young calves from the barn. And it says, And now that you ate this fancy meat, now you're going to go into golos. Okay, now this Gemara is starting to lead us onto an interesting um, agadita, a short agadita, but discussing people who get too involved in their food when it's we're not dealing with the sudas mitzvah it's not a sudas mitzvah 
person shouldn't get overexcited about their food. A Talmud Chacham who fresses away in all places, going out to restaurants, in the end, his home will be destroyed. Okay? Now, um, it's interesting that we're dealing with the Talmud Chacham in particularly. Over here, it seems, if a person's wasteful with their spending on food, the, the, anybody's house would be destroyed, right? You're spending money on unnecessary things. It's interesting that we're focusing on a Talmud Chacham over here. It seems particularly a Talmud Chacham, who, they weren't usually wealthy. Particularly if somebody's not in the best financial place, needs to be more careful. And his learning also will be forgotten by him because you're going to get so obsessed with your Gashmias that your Ruchlias is going to be harmed. And he'll have a lot of Machlaikas, okay, due to the fact that he's forgetting his Torah learning. People aren't going to respect him, they're not going to listen to what he has to say. How so? My heat. How you hurting the family name? Am Rabbi. Karulei Barmachim Tenure. You're going to call him the son of the person who sits by the oven. The guy, guys, just got to sit there and fresses the whole day. They're going to talk about the kids. Oh, that's your father. This guy who sits there and fresses. Papa Omar, Barmalachi Pinchi. You're the guy who licks his plate clean. Rashmaya Omar, Bar Moch Rava, the person who. Um, who sits near the fire and wastes his time. That's basically how Rashi explains, uh, how Rashi, that's Rashi's take on how to explain the bar mach rava. Now, I have a short vart to kind of bring this Gemara all around, okay? And this vart is from my father, Zechariah Lebracha. I believe he was quoting Rav Pam. The Gemara says, A person wants to become a Chacham should face the South. A person who wants to become wealthy should face towards the North. These are the different parts of where in the uh, Mishkan, where the Shulchan was located. You face towards the Shulchan if you want wealth. You face towards the Menaira if you want Chachma, if you want if you want chokhmah, if you want wisdom, you face you face the towards the menayr. All right. So if you want to become wealthy, when you daven, you should face one way. You want to become a chacham, but you daven face another way. I believe this from Rav Pam. Rav Pam, what if I want both? I want to be a wealthy tamar chacham. Ah, nechdik. Yeah, I want to have stational chana. I want to have two tables. What's wrong with that? Dr. Pam, you can have chachma and ashiras, but you can't want both. A person has to have their heart in one place. You got to have your head on straight. What's your priority? If you have your priority in one place, focus on that. 
the other thing might come in mainland, maybe. You could be wealthy and also be a Tamil Chacham. And you could be a Tamil Chacham that also has wealth. But when it says Haraitzah, it's letting us know that you can't want both. You can have both, you can't want both. A person has to have their heart in a particular place. You can't want everything because it's important that there's a hierarchy, that there's a focus, that there's a chashivas to it. And that's what this Gemara, that's how I'm understanding this Gemara, that's what I'm taking from this. And that is who's involved in these other things. And he's giving importance to all this food. He's going to a meal that's optional. It's a rishus. You don't need to be there. What are you doing? If it's through the smitzvah, you got to be there. It's your shoes. What are you doing? Tired. Focus. You want chachma? Go get chachma. You don't belong at these. And if you do, so maybe little, you'll, you'll lose it get taken away. Okay. Here we go. Let's get back to the, um, the marriage of a Baskayan to a Yisrael. We are now six lines, five lines from, no, more. We're about the. Uh, 10, 11 lines from the bottom of Memtes Samar Aleph. All right. Tana Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we. Zogdi Gamar Abay, Tana Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, so should we. La ilom yimkar adam komashayesh lai. A person should always sell komashayesh lai, everything that he has. Okay? Now, a person should sell everything that he has, so that he can marry a bas tamar chacham. Because then, if chasom he dies, he goes to the galus. You know that she'll make sure your kids learn Torah. Don't marry the daughter of Amaretz. If, he, if uh, the father can't be around, so the mother doesn't come from a home where there's Torah in the home, and therefore your kids are going to be in trouble. You should marry a Bas Tamil Chacham and also marry off your daughter to a Tamil Chacham. This is where the song that we sing at weddings comes from. Meaning, when you have grapes growing on both vines, the grapes are going to be particularly delicious. It's going to be dover noe. It's going to be delicious. Umaskabel and accepted. Well, Yisa bas hamaris. A person should not marry the daughter of hamaris. Moshe in ve'agefen bin ve'asnet. This is in ve'agefen bin ve'asnet. It's a, a vine marrying a snet, a bush that does not grow anything. Dover koor. That's going to be something which is kind of coarse. Ve'enoi miskabel. And it is not acceptable. Period. Top line on Memtes Omur Base. Right? There we go. Which Grada, it happens to be, and this is just a thought, this is not a Shita, I don't have an opinion, but I happen to find it fascinating. Um, I happen to find it fascinating. Whatever he has, he says, if you can't find the daughter of a Tamil Chacham to marry Yisa Bas Gedele Hadar, you should marry Bas Gedele Hadar. Rashi says, What's a Gadol Hadar? People who have Maisim Taivim. People who act like Menshlech. Erlechiyid. That's what it means. Yeah? Gedele Hadar, marry the daughter of an Erlechiyid. You can't find somebody like that to marry Yisa Bas Rashi Knesias. 
All right, so marry somebody who's kind of like the president of the shul, yeah? Somebody who's at least involved and the father at least hangs around the right people. She married the daughter of a Gabai Tzedakah because you know, as Rashi explains, you know that at least they're honest. If they're Gabai Tzedakah, that means they're trusted financially. We can't find a person like uh, a girl like that to marry. You should marry the daughter of a Rebbe, of a Mora. But you should not marry the daughter of an Amoretz. Okay? Well, tough words. Yeah? Because they are shkotzim, like creepy crawlies, and their wives are shratzim, like insects. And when a girl grows up in such a home, a young lady grows up in such a home, yeah? She's like somebody who's coming out of a house of animals. And the person who's shaykhib was somebody like that, is cursed, it is, uh, is unfortunate. Now, all of the Mepharshim here explain that Namaaretz over, over here is not referring to simply an ignorant person, a person who's not learned. Rather, as we know, and I'm, I'm adding this in, this is not from the Mepharshim, but rather, as we know, Rabbi Akiva testified about himself that when he was in Namaaretz before age 40, if he would see a Tamar Chacham, he would bite off his head like a donkey, Rabbi Akiva said. There are, some people are Amaratzim and they become in Amaaretz Bishita. It becomes their Shita. It becomes like, oh, I'm going to be like this, and everybody should be like this, and you should not be a bench quetcher, and anybody who learns Torah has a problem, and they start talking negatively about Rabbanim, about Tamidei Chom, about Rashivas, about Kaila guys. Stay away from such a home. Stay away from a home that not only is ignorant, but chooses to also put down anybody who does have Torah inside their home. Tanya, we learned in a bright Rabbi Yaimir Rabbi says, Amaretz also lechabasar. And Amaretz is not allowed to eat meat. Or you can't eat the meat that he's not trusted with kashras. That's really what it means. Okay? Shenemar zayis taras abeim mavayif. This is the law of the taras mavayif. Kol esik v'tayra motu lechabasar abeim mavayif. If you're esik v'tayra, then either you can eat or other people can eat the meat that you watched. A person who's not involved in Torah. Also, he's not allowed to eat and you, they're not trusted to oversee that either, what we'll say, with their kashras. Okay? Now, one very, very interesting thing to talk about with this is that the Torah tells us on Yom Kippur we shouldn't wear leather shoes. A Kayan, when he worked in the base of Mikdash, did not wear shoes. He was barefoot. Why? Why was the Kayan barefoot? So we'll say because the Torah says. That's the real answer. Okay, the Torah lets us know there can't be a chatzitza, any separation between the Kayan and the floor. Okay. I, for, I heard from an Adul Gadol, I forget who, uh, quoting the Rishayinim. Also, I forget. There's something I heard, but I haven't seen it inside. So uh, somebody comes across the Makar, please let me know. I just haven't researched it. And that is that we know there, the, there's a food chain and the human being is all the way up in the food chain. On the holiest day of the year and in the holiest place in the world, in the base, holiest day of the year for all of us, and the holiest place in the world in the base of Mikdash, there's no room for a 
person to show up wearing leather. Why are we allowed to wear leather shoes? It's from an animal. What right do we have to kill an animal? What about PETA? What about the, uh, the treatment of animals? The answer is, you're allowed to use animals because I'm a human being. Hashem put animals in the world for human beings to use. So I'm allowed to use their meat. I'm allowed to use their skins. I'm allowed to use, uh, I'm allowed to make use of an animal. But if I'm acting like an animal, what right do I have to do that then? If I myself don't act like I'm higher up on a food chain and I'm acting like a behemoth, what right do I have to kill a behemoth so I can act like a behemoth? None. And that's the shot over here as well of person who's Amaretz. And the type of Amaretz that we said previously, right? Where you, you don't want to have anything to do with Tyra. You're not striving for anything bigger. So not only can people not eat your meat, you yourself, who are you to eat meat? You're not acting any different than an animal. You're not higher up on the food. We are higher up intrinsically. But the message to this person is, you're not acting like it, so uh, pull yourself together. I'm Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Lazar says, You're allowed to cut an Amaretz on Yom Kippur that falls out on Shabbos. Whew. Okay? This is talking about a murderer. If a guy's a murderer and chay of Misa, you're allowed to shoot him to death. It really means cut him, right? Stab him. But you're allowed to kill somebody like that on Yom Kippur and Shabbos. Amr le Talmidah. His Talmidim said to him, one second, Rabbi, Amr le why don't we say, uh, why'd you say to cut him? You should say to, uh, to shechtim. Okay? Now, why are you shechting him? So... The Mefarshim explained that that uh, apparently by Shechita there's more blood. So they're, they're asking him, why don't you kill him in a more even uh, gory way? Amar lahem zetom bracha, zetim tom bracha. By Shechita you make a bracha. This guy is not even worthy of making a bracha. Amar belaz amars also leslavisimay baderach. These are some good gemaras, good because they're tough and they're putting us in our place. How careful we need to be, right? Amar belaz amars also leslavisimay baderach, and amaretz who's completely pushes aside the Torah. It's forbidden to even travel with them. Shnemarki hucha yachov arichemecha. The Torah is supposed to be the life and what gives us a long life. Achayav leichas and. If a person is trying to remove you from Tyra, remove you from life, al Yeah, if he doesn't care about his own life, why should he care about your life? This obviously is dealing with Ruchnias, person's spirituality. And I'm sure I've seen this at my age. I'm younger than a lot of people here. I've seen this at my age firsthand. Like, hands on. Many people. Even people who are, we'll call them, we'll say in general observant, once they start turning to a particular Avera, if they have a Yitzhahara, and they get involved in the Yitzhahara, they don't think twice about schlepping other people into that Yitzhahara. They don't think twice about it. They don't care about themselves anymore. It's fine for me, fine for you too. You can also, I'm going to go there, you could go there too. That's why it's very dangerous. Because if, as soon as a person doesn't care about themselves, 
Why would they care about you more than yourself? It's impossible. Even when the Torah tells us to care about our friends, what does it say? Love your friend like yourself. You can't love your friend more than yourself. And if you don't love yourself to this level, there's no way you don't love your friend. So if you have an Amaris, a person who who's, will say, not only ignorant, but not interested in Torah, have anything to do with their lives, don't go near them. Don't travel with them. They're not interested. They're purposely pushing it aside. If they don't care for themselves, they're going to make it, they'll, they'll cause you to do the same thing. You're allowed to tear an Amar is like a fish. And you can do it from behind. Yeah, meaning even if he's not looking. When I was on Ma'aretz, oh, this is the story of Rabbi Kiva, like we said earlier. Rabbi Kiva says about himself, when I was on Ma'aretz, I said, Who? Show me a Tamil Chacham, I'll bite him like a donkey. I hate Tamidei Chacham. Amr like Tamida. Student said to Rabbi, to him, Rabbi, Amr Kekalev, why don't you say you'll bite him like a dog? Why like a donkey? We don't see donkeys bite as often as dogs do. Amr Lohem, Zed Meshech V'Shaber Etzem, when a donkey does bite, ooh, breaks bones, bites deep. Dogs bite, they tear off people's flesh, but they don't break their bones. And therefore, Rabbi Kiva is saying that if I would have seen a Talmud Chacham, I, I, I had such a despise, I had such a disgust for it, that I would have, like, beyond, tried to hurt them beyond. Time went to the so I heard Mayor Reimer. The mayor says, Anybody marries off his daughter to Amar, as if you tied her up and sent her to a lion. Yeah, you're sending her off to her demise. Just like a lion attacks. You got no problem. This is what I do. Right? It's what lions do. They think they walk away from their prey feeling sorry? No. I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah? People who are who, who don't know how to have a Tyrodika relationship. And people who don't know how to treat people like like Torah and they're not interested in, in understanding and learning what Torah wants about, they will uh, take, they will tear apart their wife without any sort of embarrassment. Time we learned to the Bryce Rebbe Lezer Oimer, Romali Anusrichim Namasu Matan, Ze Hargin Aisonu, people who are, uh, we'll call them anti Torah, right? That's how we're starting to explain this. People are against Torah. If they um, felt, that they didn't need us, they would try to kill. They would try to kill anybody who is involved in Torah. But they realize they need us, so they kind of leave us alone. Tanur of Chia, call Isaac for Torah. Fam Aretz. Anybody learn Torah from Aretz? Kilu Bayil Arusasay Bevanav. As if you're having relations with an Arusa in front of him. Shenamar Torah Tzivalalu Maisha Merasha Altuki Merasha Elam Meurasa. Rather, it says Meurasa that he is married. Wow. We find this. Self-hating Jews treat Jews worse than non-Jews treat Jews. And self-hating Jews, their wives end up being even worse than they are.
Tana. We learned in a brisa. Shana uperes yaser mikulam. A person who learns Torah, and then we what we say goes off the derech of Torah, goes off the path of Torah. Hates people who do keep Torah even more. Why? Because they learned this Gemara. That's why. If you learn Torah, so you know this Gemara. And then you become an Amaret, you start to hate people who do live Torah lives. You know that they know that we're learning this. So it's even harder for them. The six halachas said about Amaratzim. Um, I believe these Amaratzim are dealing not with anti-Torah Amaratzim. We're now dealing with people who merely don't know Torah. We're going to be a little more lenient with them. We shouldn't uh, particularly send them up to testify in a court. Okay? And we don't accept their testimony. Okay? We don't ask them to be witnesses, and if they do come and give testimony, we don't accept it. We shouldn't tell them secrets. They shouldn't be appointed over the estate of orphans. They shouldn't be. They also don't announce their lost objects. Who holds that we do, says because there's different types of Amaratsim. Some Amaratsim are terrible because they start to hate the Torah. There's other Amaratsim that uh, aren't, you know, they, they don't hate the Torah, they're not so bad. And therefore, it's worthwhile returning, uh, it's worthwhile, you even have a chiv, you'd have an obligation to return the lost items. Period. Two dots. V'chein yatsa. Alright, back to our Mishnah. We said if a person walked out of Yerushalayim holding the Kachim Kalim in his hand. So if he got as far as, um, uh, if he got as far as, um, so that if he's not yet by Tzayfim, you got to go back. If you're already past Tzayfim, then you burn it where you are. Says the do you mean to say that the mayor Savar Kibetsu with the Chashiv? The mayor holds that it's only Chashiv if you have the size of a Kibetsu of Yudah Savar. Kizayis Nami Chashiv. Yudah says size of a Kizayis Chashiv. I mean, that's a contradiction. What is the minimum amount to join uh, three men to join to make a zimun. Ad kezayis, you have to, as long as you eat the size of an olive, you could be part of a zimun. If you don't have a kebetzer, if you just says it's the size of a kebetzer. So you see that if Mayor holds the size of an olive is important, and you don't doesn't have to be as big as an egg. In the Mishnah, he says the size of an egg. Switch it around. Switch around the opinions. And Rav Meir Taka holds it is the size of an egg. Abai Yomar Abai says, I don't want to switch around the opinions. Hosom Bikroi Pligi. And the Machlaikas about being included in the Zimun is just the Machlaikas had a darshan the Pasuk. How so? Hacha Besvara Pligi. But in our Mishnah by the Kachim Kalim, it's illogical. 
Awesome, but Kroy Pligi, one, you're inviting somebody to a Zoom and it's based off of a Pasuk, of a Kazayis, why? Rav Meir, Savai Rav Meir holds Valchalta, it says Valchalta, you'll eat, Vesavati, you'll be satisfied, and then you make a bracha. So what's considered satisfied? Kazayis, Valchalta, you'll eat, Zuachila, Vesavata, you'll be satisfied, Zushtia, drinking. Vachila, Bekazayis, as long as you eat a Kazayis, that's called Achila. But by a Kachim Kalim, it's not dependent on eating, so there it's the size of an egg. You have to eat as much that will actually satisfy you. How much food starts to satisfy the stomach of a person? Not the size of a half an egg, a kazayas, rather an entire egg. And by the so the machlekes by the zimon is machlekes and psukim. What about the kachi kalim? When I took it out, would I have to go back and burn? How much am I holding? That is a machlekes about svara logic. How so? That the same, you have to bring back something if uh, in relation to what's going to be the level of tumma. Just like tumma only comes on to if it's size of a egg. So you got to go back only when it is the size of an egg. So it knows it's a halacha de rabban. It's not a halacha de raisa. It's logic. Then we're extend, we're applying a halacha de taira to a halacha de rabban. And the Buddha says that no, it's you only return it in relation to the Isser of eating. What's eating? Kazayas. Ma Isura because just like when you eat it, it's also by the size of a Kazayas. Af because So too when you go back, you're only obligated to go back if it is the size of a Kazayas. Last halacha. Tanya, this is just wrapping it up. One more line. We learned in a bracer of Nasan Aimer, Zeb, Zeb, Both the amount of Zimon and burning on Pesach, uh, and um, I'm sorry, and uh, not uh, not a Zimon. Both Chametz on Pesach and Kachim Kalim, Zeb, Zeb, the, the amount is the size of two eggs, Vahed Lecham, Lechamim did not agree with this halacha, that is two kibetzim, rather we're sticking with our kezayas kibetzim achlekes. We will hold it here for tonight and Bezim tomorrow morning we will pick up from v'hoya b'yay mahu on daf nun amud aleph.